Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us as he does every single week, it is Matt Weirich. Today, the Nationals are playing really good baseball right now. At the time of us recording this podcast on Wednesday, we'll talk about the pitching that is red hot. We'll talk about Patrick Corbin. He had an excellent start last night where he kind of turned back the clock, if you will. The rest of the pitching is doing pretty well, too. We'll hit on all that and more today with Matt. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back. Josh Neighbors here with Matt Weirich. And I have to say, Matt, you know, it looks like the moving process for you has gone pretty well. I mean, we got – we have a multi-monitor setup, like pretty pretty serious sport. You know, you can take it all in as a sports writer now. You can make sure you have all the stats and the games and everything up and, and kind of all of your locations, the article at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty awesome when you get the quad box on each of them and you got eight games right in front of you and your your eyes are just darting around back and forth. Uh, you know, it's been a definitely been a process. We're still unpacking a few things around here, getting settled, but I think overall we're starting to feel a little more at home uh, here in Arlington. So it's been awesome. Yeah, you look like you're a little bit at home. And I have to say also too, appreciate this. I am uh, I'm staying with my uncle in Atlanta. Right now, he is a JMU alum, so we have the JMU up today also, yeah, for you as well. Uh, I am repping the Atlanta Hawks shirt. It was like 10 bucks, so I had to buy it. Uh, also, do you, any thoughts about Johnny Davis, Wizards? You like the, I like the pick. I liked it. Yeah, you know, I think that for who was available at that point, it, it made the most sense. They still need a point guard, and I, I don't think they, you know, tried to force it by, by picking Davis. You know, I don't think he is a point guard you know, at this point. He's definitely – going to be somebody who can shoot who can play on defense which honestly is, is a major uh, point of emphasis for the Wizards as well as in improving on the defensive side of the ball so I like the pick uh, they just need to make some moves now uh, address that point guard position and uh, you know figure out how to build around if Beal does return him and, and KCP or K yeah Christoph Porzingis not KCP, Christoph Porzingis, KCP. KCP. <laughs> uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope also a solid player but maybe yes he's, yeah well. he's yeah yeah not quite not quite like Christoph Porzingis <laughs> you know as, as good yeah no I was excited about that pick I like Johnny Davis and also I'm not sure have you seen that commercial he had where he got drafted like a thousand like I feel like Taco I've watched Bell. him get drafted a million times already so like actually seeing him get drafted with the Wizards was, was kind of funny uh, I was kind of surprised we didn't hear the Taco Bell chime when, yeah, the Taco when he was Bell walking chime. up I was kind of expecting <laughs> yeah just no and then he walks away doesn't get the Wizards at yeah I was yep. I was it was funny but it, that was funny I was like I've watched him make this walk uh, a million <laughs> times but it was funny to see that uh Let's talk about the Nats. That's what we're here to do. Talk about the Nationals. And look, they're playing, they're playing really good baseball right now. They have uh, won four of their last five. I don't remember. It might be better than that after the, before. I, you know, the, the games flow together at this point. I think the big thing is also in that Rangers series, they have the chance to sweep, right? Like bad call, a ball on a line. Like who knows what happens in that game, right? So um, that's kind of my upshot right now. Is like obviously the pitching is really good. We'll get to that in a second. But like it is nice to win some games. Once again, though, you know, it's all about looking for stuff within the wins. That's the kind of stuff we need to be looking at here, not just the W's, because what do the W's really mean? Although it is nice to win some games. Definitely. They've won six of eight, which is their best record over an eight-game span all season long. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also clinched back-to-back series wins for the first time all season. So certainly good vibes surrounding the Nationals right now. Uh, you know, they're, they're one walk-off loss away from, you know, sweeping the Rangers and, and having, what is that, a six-game winning streak uh, mm-hmm. coming into today. So uh, they lose one game in the middle of there. But other than that, they, they've been playing good defense. They've got better base running, just making less of the mental mistakes, uh, I think, on the field, which – uh, is make has what made these losses so frustrating at times is you know the, some of these games have been winnable but they'll just make kind of these dumb mistakes on the field and, and let games get away from them uh, and, and that's kind of been the difference at a lot of points this year it hasn't just been you know poor hitting at times or bad pitching at times it's just been kind of all of this conglomerate of mistakes compounding together for big losses and that's why the run differential has been as bad as it's been. Yeah, and, and I always like to kind of point out about like where they are each one of these podcasts, just as a good reference point. 29 and 48, and I will say, like, it's it sounds weird to say, it's nice to see them not 20 games below 500. Like, they could be today after the day's over, but they're not. Um, they're 19 games back, first place. They're 15 back of the Braves. They're 11 back of the Phillies, and six back of the Marlins. 14 and 26 at home, 15 and 22 on the road, a minus 108 run differential, which I still believe is the worst. Uh, no, it's now uh, second worst. Yes, yeah. the Athletics, minus, uh, they're minus 112. One, three in a row. It's a streak right now, and six and four in the last 10, which is actually tied for the best in the division right now with the Braves. So, like you mentioned, playing pretty decent baseball. Uh, let's get back to last night's game. So, I think the big test of, all right, how, how hot is the Nationals pitching? It was going to be, could old Patty Corbs get get the job done and vintage vintage Patrick Corbin last night gave them eight innings I mean eight innings of Patrick Corbin wow 12 Ks had it all working last night I know it's against the Pirates you can say what you want but like the Nationals pitching's hot it's it's it's, it's hot right now and Patrick Corbin uh was a test of that and he pitched really well yeah, since June 18th, the Nationals rotation has a 1.66 ERA. That's best in baseball. They're the only team in all of baseball with a sub two starters ERA over that span. It's just been a really impressive run here. You know, Corbin was kind of the only guy so far that hadn't put together, you know, an impressive outing in that span. Uh, Jackson Tatro had two quality starts. Josiah Gray had two quality starts. Eric Fetty had one. And Paolo Espino came really close, but ultimately has still kept his ERA down. So it was really Kind of up to Corbin here to kind of keep things going now. And boy, did he, like you said, vintage is the best word for it. 12 strikeouts that ties a career high. It's actually more than he had in any start throughout all of 2019. So it's his new nationals record uh, for himself here since he came to DC. Uh, you know, both that slider was, was really on point, you know, 74% swing and miss rate on it, which is mm. just an insane stat. Uh, his both his velo and his spin rate on that pitch were above the season averages as well. Uh, which is also a good sign. So he really just seemed to have everything working. I thought that sinker, uh, which is a good out pitch for him as well. Uh, he hit 96 miles an hour on it. I believe that was a season high for velocity for him. So he was just feeling himself in, in multiple ways uh, in, in on the mound against Pittsburgh. And, you know, he's kind of historically dominated the Pirates. So I can't say that this start was super surprising compared to what he's done in years past. But certainly with a guy with a six plus ERA, this is something the Nationals love to see. And their, their whole rotation is just really hot right now. I, I have to say, like, 
you know, you think about eight innings where he gives up one and a run and the ERA still stays above six. Like that's just the indication of how bad it's been for him this year. You know what I mean? He and delivers the nationals, that... the yeah, national starters ERA is still the worst in baseball, even with this whole yeah. run. So like yeah. that also shows you that the whole team has just really struggled to pitch. But, you know, I think that a lot of it, I mean, not a lot of it, but a good portion of it, uh, you know, Corbin especially has had really bad defense behind him all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he has not gotten a lot of run support, and it's why he's, he's so many losses like he does. You know, the ERA isn't good. He hasn't been a good pitcher. I'm not saying that. But he's definitely been a victim of some bad luck, as have the Nationals in general. And maybe this is some regression to the mean a little bit. Maybe the Nationals pitching staff isn't the worst in all of baseball or significantly the worst in all of baseball like it has been up to this point. Uh, maybe maybe it's a little bit better, but we'll have to wait and see how long we can keep this going. Yeah, the the one start that sticks out in bad defense was that that Philly start. You know, I mean, the, you know that where it just snowballed. I think it was what two errors they got, and then he seven just, earned run, seven yeah, unearned runs, seven unearned run, and Corbin yeah. kind of did the rest. But like you know, there's a reason why the runs were unearned. They should have been out of that, and that's that's on the defense. They weren't, um, and it's like you know, the Nationals' defense is it's really important because when you have guys who are struggling, well, let's be frank. Not that not that good or proven. You know, I don't want to call them not the good, but like young or unproven and stuff like that. Like you got to back those guys up. You really have to, because and that, that's that's kind of the mark of like a bad team. But like it's going to happen when you have guys like Luis Garcia back there. When you've got guys, you know, like Michael Franco, and you're shuffling guys in and out of the, of the lineup a lot. I mean, you know, that, that's this is not a team that's built to, uh, to to lead the league in defensive runs saved, is it? No, I mean, like you said, Garcia came up, made some some rookie mistakes. He seems to have settled in a little bit there. But yeah. overall, the infield in particular has been pretty poor. Both Cesar Hernandez and like Michael Franco have graded out pretty poorly uh, by defensive run save this year. Uh, you know, that outfield is supposed to be kind of steady, but at times has definitely been inconsistent for him. Yadiel Hernandez is no defensive stalwart in left field. Uh, I don't think Lane Thomas is necessarily a center fielder, probably more of a corner outfield. He does have the speed, uh, but but sometimes I think his routes could, could take some improvement. So, uh, you know, Victor Robles can make spectacular plays and then at times also will make some where you're kind of scratching your head. So uh, it's just been very inconsistent all year. And I think we're, we're seeing them take some steps forward, which, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that Davey Martinez – you know, kind of gets a lot of slack for when the defense is playing poorly. So when it's playing well, I think we got to give him some credit and that coaching staff and just coaching these guys through it and, and making those adjustments. Because defense is, is, you know, coaches always say defense is the one part of the game that you can control. Yes, you can 100% control that. Uh, quick word from our sponsors. We'll talk about Josiah Gray, who, I, you know, I talked about last week. We have to mention him again. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sports Card Investor. Whether you're a casual card collector or looking for uh, exciting alternatives, for investment opportunities, the free sports card investor app has something for you. Breakout stars or prospects debuting, check the value of or find great deals on their cards. For example, as players like Adley Rushman, Jeremy Pena, Luis Garcia, Josiah Gray make the jump into their big league careers, you can use the free sports card investor app to check the prices and buy their first baseball card. You guys can do that Today, download the Sports Card Investor app today, available free in the Google Play and app stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. That's sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on today. 
All right, so I, I want to talk to you, Matt, about the last Josiah Gray start because we and I have been talking about him obviously a lot, and, and you and I talked last week about, well, uh, you know, the idea of, like, could he be better than a number three rotation guy? And we, t- we said, look, the Nats will take number three rotation guy. I'll take that. But the, the start he made against Texas – I loved the end of that start. I loved how it looked, you know, when when your stuff's starting to fade a little bit and you're at the end of the rope, end of the line, and getting guys out. That's a spot where you've even seen – a lot of guys struggle in that spot, but that's a spot where we've even seen guys like Max Scherzer struggle in the past. I think back to 2020, it felt like the end of his starts kind of, you know, kind of killed him a couple times that season um, in the shortened season. But, like, we've seen it happen before, you know, third, fourth time you're facing guys, whatever it is. And and he was resolute. I think is the word I would use. Um, str- like that. That was really telling to me because it's the first time he's gone seven full innings. And you know, th- I mean, what he's shown over the last month, um, he he's got it. He's really got the 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 confidence part is there. The learning how to like you know how to deal with adversity. And I, I know it's a general term, but like adverse situations. I'm leaving this pitch you know, too often right here. I'm not getting enough, enough movement on this pitch. Like he's learning. He really is learning. You can see it. And I was so impressed to watch him get through seven innings. There will be more ups and downs. There always will be. But I, I mean, he's checking all the boxes right now for like what I want to see out of him. Oh, absolutely. And as we talked about last time, I think that the difference between a number three, number four starter and a number two, number one uh, is is how you fare against third, the line of third time through. If you're going to mm-hmm. be a number two, number one starter, you've got to be giving your team consistently six, seven innings. In order to do that, you've got to be able to face lineups multiple times through and, and remain effective at that point. And I think that we're seeing some growth from Gray in that way and where he's mixing up his repertoire. Uh, you know, he, he's got a full set of pitches here. He's not just, you know, throwing a fastball slider. He's got a really nice curveball uh, that he mixes in there. The changeup, he hasn't used it a ton, but I think it's something that uh, he's started to pull out a little bit more and more, and he's getting more comfortable with it. We'll see if that's something he can really make a permanent part of his repertoire. But overall, I think the Nationals have to be thrilled with what they've seen from Gray. I mean, he leads all National League starters in ERA this month. I think he's got a solid case for NL Pitcher of the Month. He's going to miss making one more start this calendar month by one day. Unfortunately, his next start will be Friday, uh, which will be July 1st. So he's already finished up his numbers for the month, but it's been super impressive. I mean, he came into the month uh, with an ERA over five, and it's now down to 382. That that just kind of shows how he has just been outright dominant. You know, we talk about the Nationals rotation in general, pitching really well right now. He's been the best of the bunch. I mean, it really really has been very impressive to see. You know, I think that we were all hoping to see, for for the Nationals' sake, Josiah Gray, you know, take some steps forward this year and and show that he can be a permanent part of their rotation. But certainly, I think that right now, he's exceeding all expectations. And, uh, you know, kind of not just the his growth, but kind of the Nationals' growth, like, with him and and kind of letting him go, right? I mean – Look at those last three starts that he has made. 94 pitches, 117 pitches, 101 pitches, and 91 pitches the entire month. And even go back to Colorado start before that, which he, where he was really good. 93 pitches. You know, they're letting him go deep into ball games. They're starting to trust him. And that innings count starting to get up there. I mean, we, we had talked about his goals that he had set. I forgot what the goal was. was is it 150 or 200 innings was his goal? He wanted to hit 200 innings this year. Right, and that's not going to happen. Goal. No. Yeah, lofty goal, but like you understand where he's coming from, and now you see him pitch. Now you see him work. Like 
they're they're starting to give a little bit more rope. And I think they've done a brilliant job. You know, look, I've I've been critical of how they handled uh, some of the guys, and I I think Carter Keboom, um, I think they've really not done him. I, obviously, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I don't think they've done him a, a good service. Um, but you know, in the way they have they have messed that up, they have really really done a good job. I think nurturing him because you got to take care of these guys. Pitching is you know, I, I think we I think we don't talk enough about how like pitching is just this unnatural thing the body does, and um, there's a reason why guys get hurt all the time doing it. You're not supposed to, like you're not supposed to do this. It, it just, your body just it, it it fights back. It does not want you to do that all the time. It breaks down, and so. They want to take care of, of this guy, and I think they're doing a good job right now of seeing they can maximize it and giving them these moments. And all right, you know, go give us the seventh. Go give us a hundred plus pitches. Go give us one hundred seventeen pitches. I think they're hitting all the right notes and letting him grow right now in his second, now his first full year, but second year with the Nats. Yeah, and it's interesting because he actually had a start scratched earlier this month, uh, where a rain delay. Started yeah. right after he had finished throwing his warm-up pitches, and the Nationals decided, you know what, uh, he's not going to pitch today. They had to throw Erasmo Ramirez in there, and it's interesting. Their recent run of success, they had Erasmo Ramirez pitch that day. Jackson Tatro came up and got lit up by the Braves in his spot start for Steven Strasburg, and it's ever been ever since then has the Nationals' rotation been really good. So right when they really needed it, that rotation has come through. But like I said, it was interesting that, that they've given uh, Gray – uh, a chance to kind of get some rest here in the middle of the season. He's responded really well from it. I mean, he, he was dealing with a shoulder injury for a good portion of last year when the Nationals acquired him. He was back to full strength, but, you know, they wanted to be cautious with him this year and not push him too hard to avoid anything like that cropping back up. And, you know, I think it was a really smart decision to kind of give him that break here. He's a young guy that you don't need to push him at this point of the season. They already had somebody fill in for his start. So, uh, give him that break here and, and let him come back and, and really show what he can do. And like you said, they've been allowing him to throw for more pitches in these last few starts, and he's come through in, in a lot of ways. So uh, the, the strikeout to walk ratio, really impressive. The run prevention, the lack of home runs, all of it uh, has been there for him so far. He's just clicking in every way you can hope. All right. One more word from our sponsors. Well, I do have to tell you that it looks like the Wizards might have gotten their point guard. They oh, have no. just traded. For Monte Morris and Will Barton, they're sending KCP and Ish Smith. Not KCP. Not KCP, who we just talked about earlier. Uh, so I'll give you a second to look on those trades while we talk about our friends at Blue Nile and BlueNile.com. If you need that special something for that special someone in your life, Blue Nile has simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as a setting style. They also have tennis bracelets as well. Any kind of jewelry, necklaces. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect piece for whoever it is in your life. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive. Use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on and receive that promo. We talked about $50 off, $500 or more at bluenile.com today. Promo code locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to get all the parts that you guys that you need. Uh, why endure the offline? 
pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning of is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait for that person behind the counter to clickety-clack and maybe give you the stuff that you need. Do not spend 30, 50, or 100% more than you can or should at one of those stores. Go to rockauto.com today, a family-run business serving auto parts customers for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? That way, they know we sent you amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Uh, all right, so you and I have talked about Josh Bell before. You and I uh, talked about Luis Garcia. Is there anybody else in that position group that you think could be – we're starting to get towards that deadline. I said that we talked about it this week. Um, but anybody else you see in the positional areas – and I know Nelson Cruz is obviously one too, but like he's not really – I mean, is he – I guess DH is a position, but he's not really a position. He's not really a position player anymore, is he? Like just yeah, do we just, do we actually consider DH to be a position player? I guess. I, I think, mean, it, I think it is. I mean, because, what else? So I, so is I got, it just I, his own thing? I, I'm sure you read the Athletic as well. I got I got the article from the Athletic last week that was like 12 guys, 12 position players who could be on the move, or top 12 position players who could be on the move. And Nelson Cruz is in there. I was thinking about this. I was like, when I when I hear position player, I think like in the I got my glove on. Like that's that's what I think. I'm not sure about you. Is that what you think too? I mean, honestly, I've never thought about it, but it definitely seems like something that could be a debate. Uh, I, I can see both sides. Non-pitcher, right? He's a non-pitcher, so yeah, he's definitely uh, a non-pitcher. And let's let's go any let's go anybody outside. Yeah, he's definitely not pitcher. So anybody outside the big, I guess, I, literally the big two, and figuratively the big two. Um, anybody outside those two guys? I know Cesar Hernandez has been like a hit machine, but I'm but you mentioned the defense. Like I'm not sure how valuable that is. Um, maybe Victor Robles, somebody wants a defensive player, but I, I don't know if the Nats should give give up on that yet. Like I'm not sure if you're going to get good value or you're, you're kind of selling low at this point in time. So anybody else outside Bell and Cruz that you could see on the move? Uh, yeah, I think that the, the among the position players, I think that, you know, you mentioned Cesar Hernandez. Uh, the defense hasn't been great, um, but he, he like you said, he's a hit machine. He's somebody who can kind of hit at the top of the lineup for you or maybe hit towards the bottom uh, and, and turn the lineup over. He's also a switch hitter, so I think that could be appealing uh, to some, some teams uh, maybe who are too stacked on one side or the other. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that he's certainly a candidate being on a one-year, one $4 million deal. Uh, pretty cheap for whoever acquires him. I think that he's certainly a candidate to be moved. Yadiel Hernandez, we've talked about at length, uh, about the potential for him to be moved. He has really cooled off uh, on the hitting side, so I, I think that he might need to catch fire a little bit, raise some of those offensive numbers a bit more uh, for there to be uh, you know, a lot of teams interested. Um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see, especially considering his outfield defense also is not super good, so he might be more of a DH type. Uh, and I don't know if uh, you know anyone's going to be looking to acquire him uh, strictly to be their starting DH, maybe as a platoon bat. I don't know, but you know, with all of the years of control that he has, it's certainly an, an interesting uh, case there. So something to keep an eye on. Um, it, yeah, I think the only other guy that we really could talk about is Michael Franco, but honestly, I don't think that he's hit with enough consistency uh, or played good enough defense over at third base to really warrant uh, any kind of return in a trade. So if if Mike Rizzo is able to to flip him for something, I, I think that would be a coup. 
uh, in any way. Uh, so, you know, we'll wait and see. We've got now about a month uh, until the trade deadline, a little over a month now. So uh, it's it's starting to heat up. We saw the, the Royals make a trade um, to the Guardians, I believe, or no, not the Guardians, uh, the Mariners, uh, and where they sent Carlos Santana over, oh, yes. uh, which brought up my boy uh, Vinny Pascantino. Yes. Um, who uh, has been raking down in AAA, finally getting his shot, first baseman over there. Uh, so interested to see how he does. But, you know, it's definitely about that time where we're going to start seeing some moves. So the Nationals figure to be central to all of that for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about like – because here's the thing about Michael Franco. I actually think he's a relatively good player to keep around because he can play that position. Also, Matt, I think he sets – like, I don't know. I mean, I think they could bring him back next year. I think he sets a relatively good bar for what Carter Keboom should be, right? Like, Michael Franco is streaky and not a great defensive player. But, you know, we can't act like, like – he hasn't had – he's had moments this year. Like, oh, he's yeah. actually – Two days absolute, ago, I mean, he got yes. the Nationals to win, basically, yeah, in the yeah. inning. Yeah. So, I I think that's – there's something valuable there. And, and, look, maybe some other team wants him, maybe, maybe they don't. But, like – I think it's about well, I, I don't know. Maybe you want to just give free reign to Kiboom to see if he can get that spot, but he's coming off an injury, so maybe do you want a guy like Franco there who's going to be cheap and a, a decent measuring stick? Like, I, I don't know if that's the worst idea in the world. What do you think? I mean, the Nationals have brought in people to compete with Kiboom every single year. First year, yeah, it, was else, right? it was Estrubal Cabrera. Second year, it was Starling Castro. And this year it was Michael Franco, who was on a non-roster invitee deal. Didn't yeah. even wasn't even on the roster really. I mean, the position was key booms. Ultimately, he got hurt in, in spring training, and then we found out he had to get Tommy John a little bit into the season, so never really got the chance to prove himself this year, which is very unfortunate. Uh, I don't know if you can just hand third base over to him next year. I mean, that's basically what they did this past year, and ultimately he had an injury. I mean, if you really go into next season with still very low expectations for your team you don't expect them to win you want to keep the losing going not necessarily keep it going but certainly focus on youth development over wins uh, at all costs uh you know i think that sure then you give the position to Keyboom and see how he does but you know I, I think at a certain point you do have to think about contingency plans and you know the nationals are going to have opening at second base this offseason they're going to have an opening at third uh depending on that so you know maybe Maybe it's time to, to move Kibum over to second. I mean, with a, an elbow injury to his throwing arm, maybe you don't want him throwing across the diamond anymore. Maybe, you know, the fact that he struggled at third base for so long is an indication that that might not be the position for him. I mean, he was brought up as a shortstop anyway. So maybe second base is a more natural fit for him. He did play there uh, in his first season up in the major leagues a little bit, had some a little bit of a, a opportunity there. So maybe you decide to play him at second where, you know, you don't necessarily – uh, have to, uh, you know, maybe lean on that position. Well, Matt, you know that opens up down the road. You know, if, if that went well, that could give you the house Garcia, Keyboom infield. That that I mean, I look. So I know Brady, promised, right? I know. <laughs> I know the, the one that we always thought was coming all along. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, to counter my own argument here, like. Although if somebody's going to give you something from Michael Franco, you have to take it, right? Like think about last year, that John Lester trade. I mean, um, you know, Lane Thomas was a throwaway play or seemingly throwaway because look, he struggled in majors, right? And and then he found a new home and and became relatively productive. Um, if you can find guys like that, you know, I don't think they'll get a guy like that, obviously, because pitching's a bit more, yeah, you know, people put a premium on pitching. So they'll give you a, a major league player, you know, for John Lester. Um, but 
you know, if somebody's going to give you something for Michael Franco, like, you can always find another Michael Franco in free agency, right? I mean, he's another oh, no doubt. MIT. And, so, and Thomas you know. was kind of a casualty of, you know, the Cardinals had so much young outfield yeah. uh, guys. I mean, they had Brendan Donovan, who's come up and been very good. Harrison Bader there in center field. Uh, you have Dylan Carlson, who had a nice rookie season last year. You know, they, they thought they were all set in the outfield and, and Lane Thomas didn't have a fit, similar to uh, the Nationals getting Riley Adams in return for Brad Hand. You know, the, mm -hmm. the Blue Jays had top prospect Gabriel Moreno come up. They really believed in Alejandro Kirk, who might even be the all-star starter, uh, a catcher in the American League this year. Uh, so Adams was expendable for them. And, and they said, hey, we, we need a left-handed arm. And Brad Hand has been very good, but, you know, maybe we can uh, get something out of him. Ultimately, they didn't get anything out of him and ended up releasing him and, and then, uh, he ended up with the Mets by the end of the year. So uh, that really was a coup for the Nationals, even if with Adams hitting under 200 this year. You know, those are the kind of guys who are they're kind of lottery tickets. But if you can, you know, trade, uh, you know, for two, three months of a guy for uh, five years of control of a player who you can give a, an opportunity to to see if he works out, why not? You know, like you said, right. you can always find a player of Michael Franco's caliber and free agency. And, you know, to the Nationals credit, Throughout the years, they've been very good. Yes, they've developed some guys with some high-profile first-round picks. But overall, they've really filled out their roster through trades and free agency. I mean, you know, some of their best players over the last 10, 12 years have been from free agent contracts. Guys like Daniel Murphy, Max Scherzer, you know, look at that World Series team. It was dotted with guys they signed in free agency. So that's kind of the, the way Mike Rizzo has built this team. And certainly, they'd like to develop as many guys as possible and have them on cheap deals so they can fill in fewer positions through free agency and spend less money to do it. Uh, but at a certain point, you know, you, you do have to lean on those contracts and, you know, the Nationals have to be real with themselves. All right, that will do it for today's show. I talked to Matt Weirich a little bit more about Freddie Freeman, just got his thoughts on that situation. I'll air that part of the conversation in the audio version of the later podcast, Breaking Down the Pirate Series, to share those thoughts with you all. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well.